yourself a bowl of golden corn nuggets. It's Saturday Morning Crunch, the show where we review Saturday morning cartoons as nominated by you. I'm your host, Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm joined along with Johnny Capcom. Hey, John, it's you again. Yes, I think it's always going to be me. So It is go- always going to be you, and it is always going to be She-Ra. No, it's not, but we are talking <laughs> She-Ra again. And it's She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, debuting November 13th, 2018. We have decided to watch episode one and two, part one and two of The Sword from season one. Uh, Right now, I think it's still running. There's five seasons in total, and there's a total of 52 episodes within those seasons. Yeah, that's, uh, is is it on Netflix for you? Yes. Okay, so it's a Netflix original here. Sometimes we get, like, weird ones. You know, like something, uh, you know, like Star Trek Discovery. That's oh yes, list, that's yes. listed as a Netflix original in Europe. Yeah, we get that type of stuff too. Where, um, oh boy, what was that uh, Irish animated film that I to- I reached out to you about that I watched with my son? Song about- of the Sea. Yes, that was listed here as a Netflix original. I know damn well ah. it's not, you know, but they 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 just like to put their stamp on it. Or Puff well, and Rock is another one. Uh, that's another uh irish animated uh cartoon series and they say that that's a netflix original but i know it's not because it airs over in ireland i believe on regular television if you're an irish animation studio you want netflix to put their branding on it absolutely yeah yeah we actually talked about this and maybe we'll take a little sidebar here but i am so impressed with the animation coming out of ireland i know animation has been done over there for a long time but as of recently with Song of the Sea or Puffin Rock, I see like a very distinctive style that I would put on the same level as French or Japanese. You know, like I, I just there's just something about it where I'm just like, I, I can tell this is an Irish made thing. You know, obviously there's contractual work for all of those regions where they can make it look however you want it to look. But mm-hmm. uh, those two examples. Very impressive. And if you haven't checked out Puffin Rock and you have a toddler, it's a wonderful show. And if you have a toddler or even, you know, four to six year old, uh, I think Song of the Sea is a, a beautiful and wonderful film uh, to show them. And it is around about this season. I think Halloween is happening in the film. So um, I'd be uh, I'd be remiss if I hmm. didn't mention a show called Maya Go as well, just because a friend of mine writes on it. Oh, fantastic. I haven't heard of it, but I, I'll check it out. Yeah. Maya it's, Go. It's okay. a, mainly for little kids, like maybe two or three year olds. But uh, gotcha. gotcha. Here are a couple of episodes. of it. Well, this show was not made in Ireland, although maybe it was. I don't know where it was animated, but it was put out by uh, DreamWorks Animation Television and, of course, Mattel Creations, which is, I guess, their own studio now where they're going to make cartoons for all their toy properties. It's uh, it's She-Ra again. So we're dealing with the adventure fantasy genre. Yeah, it's um, it's essentially the same story as the movie that we talked about before. Yeah, um, from 85. Ex- except that there's no He-Man and uh, I, I think it's handled so much better. Oh, yeah, there's more quality to everything. There's yes. no doubt about that. Um, but it is basically the same setup. Yes, we were introduced to Adora immediately. She is working in the Fright Zone for the Horde. I don't think it's called Evil Horde. I don't think they say Evil Horde. They definitely say Fright Zone, which is where they're training uh, or where she's training. And instead of her being a full-grown woman, she's probably like, what would you say, 15 in yeah, the I would, I would have said she's like 17 to 19. Okay, so she's a teenager now, which is a little more 
more relatable for children. So I get that choice. Character designs now, first of all, are paired back. You don't have a bunch of characters being thrown at you uh, with this two-parter. But the character designs, uh, they reinterpreted a lot of the characters. So we talked about like how Glimmer and Adora pretty much look the same in 1985. They just changed the hair color. There are very distinctive uh, skin tones and body shapes in this show, which I know some people would you know describe as, well, it's, you know, it's being woke. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, it makes the characters more distinctive, more representative uh, for all different genders and demographics. Uh, what I do dig about them pairing it back is we can spend more time with the titular character, Shira or Adora, and actually understand her backstory a little bit more, more so than the source material. Yeah, I mean... the the source material is they are being quite reverent to it uh, but oh, they're, yeah. bu- they're building on it yeah. and one of the things that struck me early on when i was watching these uh, two episodes was it's like this is clearly made by people who loved the original yes you know yes. otherwise they would have probably gotten rid of certain things well why they get rid of cowl i didn't see cowl in this <laughs> Well, maybe he turns up later. I was such a mark, and maybe it's affected in the score that I give this uh, later on, but because I watched that 90-minute film, I was actually excited to see characters I recognized or didn't recognize and see what they had turned into. And not that I'm a, like, a fan of She-Ra of either iteration now, but it was cool to see how this new series reinterpreted the story without Prince Adam. Uh, it wasn't beholden as like, well, we have to introduce this through the He-Man vehicle. It's This is its own thing. So there is no sorceress this time. And uh, you touched on last episode that the story of She-Ra is kind of like a sword in the stone, King Arthur type story. Mm -hmm. They literally do that in this one, where instead of uh, He-Man or Prince Adam bringing the sword to She-Ra, she finds it in the Whispering Woods, which was a location from the original film. Like you said, there's a lot of love here for the source material. Well, I have to imagine that Prince Adam and all these people, they must exist, if you know what I mean, in this Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're still talking about Grace skull for some reason yeah because i think she still is an Eternian. okay uh, like there's like a weird kind of montage at one point uh, where you see something crashing into uh the land like a, from outer space so maybe she got a bit of a, a superman style backstory sure sure because she's raised by hordak and all those people yeah uh, just like she was in the other one yeah i got like she's been given a lot of propaganda about what life is like in the woods and right. you know she's raised to go out and kill everybody because that's what the good guys do yeah but it, I mean, admittingly, it's handled a little bit better where it's, you know, her friends aren't cretins and monsters <laughs> like they're other teenagers. Some are of different species, but they're not like, we're the good guys. <laughs> you know, they're not doing any of that. Yeah. You know, the, the the biggest change up was Catra, where she was no longer like, I don't know, a cat woman pastiche, but she was an actual like cat woman or a cat girl. She was like a feline um, species. She was- she was a chimera. A chimera, yes. <laughs> and uh, the, the I the two most evil uh, creatures: a human and a cat. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I dug it. I dug it right away. the The story follows Adora as she's training in the fright zone, and then we're juxtaposed to Glimmer, who's given a little bit more is the right word brevity, I guess, in this opener, where we get to develop her character a little bit, and we're introduced to her mother, uh, who's well. We never really talked about Glimmer in the last episode like there's a whole subplot of story that really didn't matter yes um, where glimmer and her her mother was imprisoned by hordak so he-man and she-ra went and got her back yeah and that was the fifth act <laughs> yeah uh, the the 
version of glimmer in this she's i mean i have to be upfront i really didn't like the character of glimmer in the in the remake um, oh you didn't like okay no um i really hate like the kind of the bossy kind of know-it-all teenager brat. characters yeah a brat like, yeah. you know i said about um jace how he had that thing where he's like nah, that's yeah. her like she's oh, yeah like, but i think that's all i think it's intentional i don't think we're supposed we're supposed to like adora like but the problem the reason i disliked her more than anything was of the character of Bo, uh, who, <laughs> who was brought back into this, and he's just like the ultimate sycophant. Where he's like, "Oh, you're just the greatest princess ever! How like yeah. your powers are so great, and your 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 house is so great, and oh, I love your hair, and oh, let me smell your farts, like you know, <laughs> it's like he's a complete simp." <laughs> <laughs> You know, he'd have been uh, he'd have been sending her money for uh, over Twitch or whatever. She needs that new computer chair, dude. She does, and I think she really likes me. Yeah, he, she, you know, she's definitely written Bo's name on a chalkboard uh, several <laughs> times. You know, well, I know what clip I'm using to promote this episode. <laughs> but he is, like, he's a yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see it that way. But I, I, to me, it was very apparent that uh, they were they were making this show. Yes, because uh, the, the people were very familiar and had a uh, love for the source material. But also, they wanted to make it. They wanted to update it for a contemporary audience, and that's why we saw some of these changes with attitudes, body styles, and, and, and whatnot. So it was more relatable. And I think that you know a uh, a young girl of like you know twelve to fourteen would. I I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I, I think this would click with them. She'd watch that and go, "Yeah, I wish I had a simp." No, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no but i get what I, did, it. what I did notice with uh the story a little bit here's <laughs> a little bit no, 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 no. I get, a little bit more is I get it, the characterization yeah you know, yeah yeah you know uh i don't think that it was because i think the character grows up in the later seasons okay i think like she actually grows into an adult and probably changes beyond this which right. is interesting yeah I, I saw that trajectory for her in the narrative because you kind of saw that from beginning to the end of the second part where she's bossy rude she's skeptical of adora admittingly because she's on the other side of the civil war between the rebellion and the evil horde and they're young you know they're young fighters in this war now they're coming together and learning from each other and adora's learning that she's not who she uh, was told that she is and but what's about adora is that unlike the original version she does have integrity before she becomes she you know the original version of adora was just a foot soldier who adam had to give her a magic sword to make her into a better person whereas here okay. you know she's got integrity before she gets the sword she's right just, she's just on the wrong side of history yeah. yeah 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 i think that's more of a comp that's why i liked it i thought she, i think she's i think all of them are more compelling characters than the uh the paper cutouts on popsicle sticks that were in the source material they have more depth i yes Bo is a dork um, but he's got a little bit more character to him than, hey, I'm uh, a buff dude who has a bow. Oh, yeah, and I like the look of the character. Yeah. I actually like the look of Bo and Glimmer in the show, if you know what I mean, because I think they feel like kids. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's why the brattiness didn't really bother me as much, maybe because I have a child who can be rather bossy and bratty sometimes. <laughs> 
Well, I have a cat who tries to be uh, bossy. Oh, man. Well, yeah, your cat was very bossy on one of our episodes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I could just kind of pick her up and put her inside. <laughs> I, I, this is true. I could do the same. It's just I get in much more trouble if I do that. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that, to me, this revamp series feels like it's cribbing a lot from Steven Universe, which came out in, in 2013. I know it really clicked with what I imagine the uh, audience that they're targeting for this version of She-Ra is. It's, uh, that's actually an interesting point. I think the audience for this isn't children. No, I, I think, think it's preteens. I know, I, no, I don't even think it's that. I think it's people in their 20s. Oh, really? Okay. Because uh, Steven Universe was a huge hit on Tumblr with that whole crowd. No, I think yeah. kids are going to come along, you know, but the motivations are a bit different here. Like, there, yeah. I think there's toys coming out for this show next year or maybe this year. Yeah, I did find that odd that they're, like there's really no toy line right now. And the it toys was. that they're advertising are like super expensive. You know, it's like $55 for a dollar or something yeah, like that. Th that's the adult collector market. Well, like, I, I, I hate that. I think this show was a power fantasy made for uh, young adults. Um, huh, okay. You know, I, that's what I believe. Oh, like, boy. I, I remember when this show came out, like, there was a whole thing on the internet about the the look of Adora by men on the internet because uh, they didn't think she was attractive enough. But the style of uh, the art direction, if I were to describe it to somebody, it's got that Western anime style. And the first cartoon I thought of when I saw this was that show Ben 10 that was very popular with uh, my younger brother or, yeah. or Teen Titans back in 2003, where it's like it's got an anime look, but, you know, it's not anime. That's what they're going for here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't watch cartoons for the most part. Mm. um so which makes me perfect for this <laughs> <laughs> but you know like i don't watch like i would watch um adult animation you mm -hmm. know and you know what that means right all boobies tentacles <laughs> all day but uh <laughs> but i would like i john I, we can I, only have one promo clip per show <laughs> and you know but, uh, like when I think about it, I do. I like animation, but sure. um, I would. Yeah, I, 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 there's that guy, Shinjiro Watanabe. He's a, an anime creator, I guess. Yeah. He made uh, Cowboy Bebop and Space Dandy. I watch all his stuff. Um, and I watch all those Studio Ghibli movies. And I would watch, like you were saying, like the like the kind of prestige animation mm -hmm. from like the, the movie, like Song of the Sea. I, I, I enjoy that because substance to it even yeah. though I, i'm not the intended audience if you know what i mean i don't i've like uh, like i i watched batman the animated series because uh -huh. I, I was a child when it was out and i still love it right <laughs> but i don't i don't watch action cartoons uh, yeah. I, it's not something i do but so i like i can't say i can't really speak about its contemporaries um yeah but i i will say there's one i like naruto uh or the, like i think are the last airbender is that the same thing yeah uh, uh, no that's not but yes i i got you on the, the okay. connection yeah the last airbender is in that western anime style where naruto is actually a japanese anime okay excuse me i'm just gonna eat for a second yeah sure that's a professional doing a podcast i'm gonna fart <laughs> <laughs> The, the remake of Thundercats. Yes. Um, from 2011. Yeah. Is one that came to mind. Uh, similar style. I really enjoyed, actually, the remake of Thundercats. I don't understand why it didn't take off. Because I remember when that came out, too, and it looked wonderful, and I dug it, but uh, it just didn't. That was back when I was watching cartoons. That's back. That was back when I was in what I think the target audience for this show is now. 
Gotcha. So you think it's like early 20s, early to mid 20s, people who, you know, want to connect with their childhood and watch simple things that distract them from. To me, it would make sense for the and again, I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but the wokeness of the show. Oh, yeah. Like kids don't care about that. I watch a lot of cartoons with my son and um, there's lots of diversity, but there's not often like such emphasis on body types. And you see a range of body types in, the, in this. I just want to go back a little bit. The way that they handled this, um, which was very clever, is they slowed it all down. And again, it's a different era. And you're probably right as far as who the demographic was. And they, they're thinking if you're 20-something, you're coming into this with a knowledge of these characters and where it came from and its source material. So they, they're afforded the opportunity to say, okay, we don't have to introduce Hordak in the first episode or even the second episode. We don't have to introduce Scorpion Lady at all in the first Because they're not episodes. selling toys. It, right. They're right. telling the story for the sake of telling the story. They're yep. not selling it to, to shift units. But with all that, um, also, the st- stylistically, there's a vast improvement. Writing-wise, vast improvement. And uh, the sound design, uh, across the board, the quality just goes up because of they're not beholden to, as you you said, move those Mattel units. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, look, as a show, as a product by itself, it's a very well-made piece of uh, TV. Yeah. You know? And I don't think anybody... No, like even the biggest uh, incel would have to admit that. You know? <laughs> They're like, yeah, my dick they won't. stopped for 40 minutes, but it was a good show. <laughs> I'm telling you, John, don't waste them, man. We only get one per episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, sound design, again, big jump in quality. Good voice acting, good use of music. It's integrated into the episode. It's all very cinematic. We got some nice cinematic shots, too. Yeah, and the, the uh, what's called the... The robots and the technology looks really cool on it. You know, it's like a nice yes. clean kind of aesthetic. It I will say have... that it's more uniform than the yeah. source material where you don't have such a distinct contrast between magic and machines like you did back then. It, it's There's more continuity between the universe, which is fine. It just isn't like, hey, there's a barbarian and a robot next to each other. It doesn't feel that is... way. This is probably an example of of the show being made by people who want to make it, as opposed to back in the day where it was just animators who were just jobbing, you know? Yeah. You're like, I I can draw. I think, you know, the character Glimmer comes up and they're like, we've got this girl called Glimmer and she's magical and whatever else. And the guy goes, look, I'll just draw a pink fucking She-Ra, right? (laughs) It's true, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas somebody tried to figure out what, you know, why these things look the way they do now. Yeah, they definitely expanded the world. Or they expanded on what was important to them about those characters when they were children playing with the toys. Like the the character of Bo, like he has a little heart on him in the original, but Mm. like the the big kind of red love heart is kind of like central to his look in the new version. Because he he loves simping. The Hot-Blooded Challenger Club podcasts are a proud affiliate of Animation Legends. Head on over to AnimationLegends.com and scope the large assortment of animation cells they're offering. Own a piece of animation history. For just $25, you can get five different cells from some of your favorite animated shows. Shows like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Vampire Hunter D, Captain N, 
The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Wars Ewoks, and many other. And you can pay even less with our special promo code RINGS at checkout. That's R-I-N-G-S. Go to animationlegends.com or click the link in this show's description and tell them that the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club sent you with our promo code RINGS. You know what? I am foreign and I do plan on going to America again in the future, especially now. So I would like to wholeheartedly declare that I have nothing to do with Iceland. <laughs> All right. And with that, we're back. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Hey, uh, if you want to see what we're laughing about, just go on over to hotbloodedchallenger.club. It's a Patreon for a buck a month. You get more shows. They're ad-free. You get them earlier, and there's exclusive content inside every episode just for the Patreon subscribers. Uh, let's wrap up on She-Ra 2018. Like I said, I dig the character development. I like the slower pace of it, the introduction of the characters. I watched this with the whole family. I did not subject them to the original. Uh, but for this, I, I played it at night. We were all sitting together. It's perfectly fine for a little boy of four years old to watch. It's not too violent. He liked the swords and the, the battles, you know, as any four-year-old or five-year-old would. I, I think it's uh, interesting to see the relationship dynamics between the characters, particularly between Adora and Katra. There's some sort of relationship happening there that, again, it's not just they're bad guys. You know, there, there's, there's this gray area between those characters and I think that there is something there that there's some meat on this show where I could see why it has propelled to five seasons. I can't really think of much I disliked about the show. I would recommend this show for, you know, families with young children and I guess, you know, 20 somethings who want to, you know, be a part of it. Like I I overall liked it, but I wasn't enthralled by it. Gotcha. You know, I I could tell that whoever made it was clearly enamored with the uh, the characters in the setting. Yeah, it didn't leave a major impression on me. Hmm, uh, okay. But I am not the age bracket, uh, or the I'm not the intended audience. You know, I'm too old. I don't really watch this kind of stuff, you know? Sure, sure. So um, I, I guess if it's me, like, or if someone my age, you're probably thinking... Well, uh, it's for my children, if you know what I mean. The, the children of people in my age bracket. And I don't have any kids, so I won't be watching it. If I was a parent, I wouldn't have a problem with my kids watching it. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't have a problem sitting and watching it with them, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. I uh, mean, and that that's, for me, that's where a lot of the positivity of for, uh, like, my feelings towards the show came from, was watching it as a family and like watching my son interested in the story, hearing my wife laugh at a moment that was genuinely funny, you know? So that's why I came up with a cereal bowl ranking of eight out of 10 cereal bowls. I would give it six and a half, half a bowl, half. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you why, because it's better than Jason, the wheel warriors, but is but it, I, but I didn't enjoy it as much. Sure. Sure. Because yeah. it's not as rad. Okay. Jace is a high bar. It's definitely I, a, I, a high bar. And I gave Jace seven and I can't give this more. So it gets six and a half. Oh wow, yeah. I I don't I don't know what I, I ranked Jay, Jace. Oh boy. I hope I didn't rank this higher than I may have. I think you did. Oh boy. All right. Well <laughs> uh I don't know. You know, I'm about to lose out on an eBay auction for a uh complete inbox cowl 
<laughs> so <laughs> uh, before I do that, uh, let me thank Johnny Capcom for joining me on this episode. I also want to thank the members of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, without whom this podcast is not possible. And if you would like to become one of those members, you can do so by heading on over to hotbloodedchallenger.club and uh, signing up with our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And uh, again, you can nominate your favorite Saturday morning cartoon by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher with your nomination or fast-track that nomination by simply just being a member of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club. Uh, for Johnny Capcom, I'm Kyle Von Kubik, and we will be right back after the next episode drops. <laughs> 